Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. What is the problem? People need to calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know, love everybody you clearly don't know who you're talking to so let me clue you in. this is a freak show an intergalactic freak show what do you make of that it's about right i keep telling my colleagues um, that this is the new normal god help us all hold on a sec i'm gonna get me a beer well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. They're like insane people that I love. I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. C Senior. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. It's a committee. It's a junta. We have the fabulous Laura Logan. Our knockout, groundbreaking, world-exclusive interview with her. Okay? We got the uh, giant Catholic Church Conference starting in Rome. We have a scary, scary homicidal lunatic who was caught in time. Thank God, we got your Jussie Smollett arrested. Yeah, yeah and this crowded uh, uh, corner office. This Laura Logan thing. I mean, we we recorded it, so we know what's on it, right? <laughs> I don't remember. I remember talking about the media, and she says some strong things about the quality of the New York Times. It's really quite shocking, I mean, given the fact that she is at the highest levels of broadcast journalism as one of the you know main correspondents for 60 Minutes for many years. She was their chief cor- foreign correspondent for years. For the number one news show in the world. So if 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 that person calls out the New York Times as crappy, that, that should get some people's attention. Well, and just, you know, and you'll hear this. It was a heck of a lot more than the New York Times. It was virtually everybody. It was the entire culture of media, of, uh, of journalism. It's changed completely and for the worse. Of course, you knew that, didn't you? But uh, yeah, yeah, and she's remarkably blunt. It's and and it's remarkable that someone saying that out loud at a high level is is, is so groundbreaking because a lot of people have to know it, right? They just don't care, or they're happy with it, or something. I don't know. Oh, right. Well, and she's talking about being motivated by things other than a uh, a lust for the truth. And if those people are motivated by those other things and like it, no, they don't perceive there's a problem. Yeah, so we'll play you some of that uh, later throughout the program. It's good stuff. It's uh, it's thought-provoking, no doubt about it. Um, the Catholic Church is doing their big thing today, or starting it. It's a yeah. multi-day deal mm-hmm. where, in theory, they're going to finally take a serious look at their problem. It sounded serious to me, a description of the uh, the opening session. Yeah, of course, it's hard to say. opening sessions often sound like a thing, and then as the follow-up work is uh, is needed down the road, it kind of uh, 
disappears like a, a mist. I don't think they ever get anywhere until they have somebody at a high level who is one of these rapists who's willing to sit down and talk about it and name names and talk about the culture. And I, I, I feel like we're getting there. The whole gay secrecy thing is out in the open now. And you would think you'd get there because, in theory, they're all, you know, man of God and really want the good for the world. I mean, you could understand why people who, baseball players who took steroids, they don't really have any compulsion to need to tell the truth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Deep within them. It's not at the <laughs> core of what they do. Yeah, exactly. Right. They hit um, baseballs. So you would hope that would happen. Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Doing great. Um, I have a toilet in my house that is running, and I keep thinking about what Joe has said in the past that... Any man who can't fix his own toilet is no man. That's right. And so I... A running toilet's so easy to fix. I okay. Could fi- I could diagnose it in five minutes. Just take its shoes off. But and, you, need, you need some knowledge. Yeah. You no. know, it's it's... I can go buy the parts. I can attempt it. My own, my biggest fear is not being able to go to the bathroom. So the next thing you know, I'm... <laughs> That's your biggest fear. Yeah, I'm having to go knock on the neighbor's Have door or something. Have you taken the lid off and looked in yeah, there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, is the chain snagged? Sometimes the chain's no, just snagged. I, I can see where it's broken, but it's okay. it's not the chain. It's the other The piece. flapper? Um, sort of, yeah. Is it your flapper? Yeah. Show me your flapper. I, I figure I could buy all the parts and then just, if I have to, just you know reassemble it if I can. There well, you go. It, you can. That's the that's the key. It takes a little bit of knowledge and just like one testicle's worth of courage. <laughs> Buy the parts, get in there and fix that thing. Now go do it. All right. After I'll, the show. I'll I didn't realize that testicles are measured in or courage is measured in testicles. Oh yeah. Like temperatures degrees. Right. Courage is testicles. Right. Unless you're a woman. Many, and it's the ovaries. How many testicles knows of that. courage does it require to do that? <laughs> well, the toilets. It's really just a third of a testicle, but I, <laughs> I didn't want to get technical on Michael. He's already intimidated. I just don't want to go you know, across the street to the Shell station and say, I have to use the bathroom. Yeah, that'd be embarrassing. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, There's a scary. positive yeah. Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well, and I think I have a new reason why I might want to move to Australia. They are offering customized license plates featuring, wait for it, Emojis. Yes. That's right. Wow. You can get all sorts of eggplant, eggplant, eggplant license. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Various fruits and vegetables. You got to. I wonder if they banned any of them, like the like the poo emoji. Can I just get the poo emoji for my license plate thing? So we won't uh, put a fine point on this for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. But the eggplant emoji, was it? Uh, did somebody take advantage of a uh, just a coincidence? Or did they realize that emoji town where they're making emojis? <laughs> Look. A common part of conversation is about a certain thing. A certain we got to have something that represents that. Part. But we just can't plain have it. Right. So is there a fruit, a vegetable, <laughs> something, a, a building, something we can use to represent the male part? People will use it for that. We just won't call it that. You know, eggplants look a little like it. How about a cucumber? Two on the nose. I like the eggplant. There Let's go, go with that. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every ding-dang day. How are you, Marshall? I uh, I am doing very well. I think I uh, texted yesterday that I received the American Community Survey from the Commerce Department, which I, by law... Commonly called the U.S. Census? That well, com- this comes is kind out of even a, years? This kind of uh, is a precursor to the census, okay. they're saying. I uh, have to fill uh, fill it out and return it. Now, by law? By law. I didn't yeah, know that. By wow. law. It says right on the uh, front of the envelope. I didn't know that. I thought it was optional. Oh, I think no. envelopes say stuff on it all the time. That doesn't mean it's true. 
For instance, I may not have already won $1 million. (laughs) Ten pages of questions from how many people live in your house, which you'd expect. uh, And that's an easy one to answer. Right. A mobile home. uh, What kind of house do you live? What's your house worth if you sold it right now? How much rent do you pay if you pay rent? What is your income? How did you make this money? Do you have a computer and what type? What kind of phone do you have? How much do you spend on electricity and heat? Are you a citizen? How do you get to work? How's your health? Are you a citizen? Now, if I'm going to have to look up my electric bill, now now you're getting into work. So anyway, I I called the 800 number that they included yesterday to explain that I do news on the uh, Armstrong and Getty show. And could I go ahead and take pictures of the survey and then post it on the website? Well, the guy at the 800 number freaks out going, no, 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 no. No, no, that survey's owned by the Commerce Department. You'll look down, it's a government look down, document. Look down, it says CCR on there. It's, it's owned by the Commerce Department. When can a, when's a government document secret? Come on now. So anyway, uh, he uh, he said, uh, please hold. Uh, let me try and get the uh, head of the Communications Department to talk to you. Well, he was over his head. So I hold. Um, you know, that that's interesting. I can understand why... The, the rest of the story coming up later. I can understand why the government would want to know all that stuff, but... Um, I also, you know, I'm not sure that I want the government to know all these things about me. But um, I can understand why it'd be nice to have the government have the stats on all this. Oh, yeah. yeah, it'd be handy. They estimate it'll take you 40 minutes to really? fill this out. Yeah, it's, it's quite a few I'll, pages. I'll, I'll, give yeah, you, I'll fill it out right now. Give I'll give me. you four, yeah. <laughs> I make $8 million a year. My house yeah, is worth it says you have to fill it out. It doesn't say you have to fill it out truthfully. My house is worth 260 bucks. Right. <laughs> hey, Marshall. Yes. You ever wanted to be Cuban? Here's your chance. I suggest you become Cuban. <laughs> Anyway, the tagline to all this, he gave me the name and number of the head of the communications division because she wasn't available. I said, great, I'll call tomorrow. I called this morning. It's the wrong number. Oh, wow. Lots <laughs> of listeners about right. Yeah, yes. no kidding. Lots of our listeners will be getting these in the mail, so we need to nail down uh, the whole deal. Yeah. Marshall, in the past 12 months, what were the actual sales of all agricultural products from your property? <laughs> actual. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Not yeah, estimated. I got this. Ten thousand or more. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is a Thursday, February twenty first, the year twenty nineteen. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this here program. We'll ask the questions around here, Uncle Sam, and let's begin doing it precisely according to FCC rules and regs. At Mark, if you are very confident about your sexuality, you don't have to have eight women around you twerking. Both. Obama. What, 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 what in the world was Obama talking about there? That was at a conference last night. Uh, I believe it's called the My Brother's Keeper Alliance. It's uh, based in the Bay Area, and he was on stage with uh, Steph Curry and was just kind of doing a roundtable and was talking about uh, confidence and, and being a good person and, and the difference of Twerking. having confidence and showing confidence. And Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, overall, good message, but I, I couldn't not play the former president saying twerking. I'm sorry, Nats. Right. right. My physicalness prevents me from doing that. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Empire actor Jossie Smollett arrested. El Chapo may get a new trial. What? And the foldable phone is here. Coming up. Finally. Now. We had foldable phones. We don't, nobody wanted them. We got rid of them for flat phones. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's, it's fine and dandy. Yeah, some uh, really good insights and thoughts. Some people have already uh, heard the chunks of the interview with Laura Logan. Yeah, one of the most respected journalists in America taking on the media as a whole. Right. This is a pretty big deal. And committing career suicide. Probably. By being honest. Probably. Uh, so we'll get to that throughout the show. Hope you can stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience 
of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's one quote from Laura Logan on our uh, our interview we're going to play for you, just because I think it's so good and you might not be around when we play it. I hope you are. I read the New York Times and I can't find a single fact. That's from somebody who's on 60 Minutes for many years, dedicated to trying to make sure they got the facts right. Uh-huh. says New York Times is obviously not doing a good job of it at all. Of course, the former editor of the New York Times, Jill Abramson, says the same thing. That's a problem. It's a problem for our national media. Uh, I would say so, yeah. It's either a moment in time that will pass and come out the other end and it'll be different or uh, or not, or it's the new normal. Mailbag. A lot of great mailbag today, including this. We may not get to it this segment, but we will get to it soon. O.J. Simpson spilled the beer on me and bought me dinner. Wow. That's a good story. Tale from real life. Could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, yeah could have gone a lot worse. Could, <laughs> di- didn't, I say if he doesn't cut your head off, it's a win. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was strong to kidnap you. Yeah. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Martin Luther King Jr. Ba-da-da-da-da. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Mm. Why is that your freedom-loving quote of the day? Well, because it's up to all of us to, to fight for our freedom, right? <clears throat> Not the authorities or the government or somebody else. You, my friends, I want you to defend your freedom. I'm kind of busy. Here's your uh, felony of the day, your federal law of the day. There are so many federal laws, uh, we don't know how many there are or even how to count them. Uh, according to, oh, just like a dozen paragraphs and subparagraphs and letters and numbers and stuff, makes it a federal crime to sell salad dressing unless you label it salad dressing. Hmm, I wonder what was the origin of that. Well, you can't be selling salad dressing. Labeling it as shoe polish? I wouldn't think you'd sell a lot of salad dressing right. if you I mean, did that. Right. Ranch stuff hmm. is what the label says. Substance maybe you want to put on your uh, you know your your greens. <laughs> oh, you have to call it salad dressing. Here's a thought from Greg. The job of a modern-day talk show host is to describe the relative insanity of residents in a sanitarium. Uh, Sort of. I guess it's part of it. Uh, Let's see. Chuck, a good indicator of our troubled times. I thought this, this was really an astute point. I haven't thought about it much, but I want to roll this around in my head. A good indicator of our troubled times is how those on social media can call for the lynching of someone who put on blackface 20 years ago as part of a Halloween costume. Lynching's probably a poor choice of words there, Chuck. Uh, how about the, the ruin of or the loss of Carrera? Um, <clears throat> yet those same individuals turn around and call for forgiveness for someone who joined ISIS less than five years ago. So she was young and dumb, but didn't know what she was doing and deserves forgiveness for joining a group that tortured and murdered gay people by the hundreds, tortured and murdered Jews or or the wrong kind of Muslim or 
Christians, God help them, or Yassidis, or anybody who stood in their way, or a woman who dared assert her will or her opinion, just it, it, it was currently involved in that, but deserves mercy because they were young and foolish. That is an interesting uh, couple of standards. Well, that one woman joined ISIS when she was 46 or something like yeah, that. Not exactly uh, yeah. youthful indiscretion. No. no, indeed. Yeah, yeah. She's a uh, nut. That's a good point, Chuck. Thanks. Maybe, just maybe, after the Jussie Smollett deal, writes Pat, the lefties will be more cautious next time before throwing out their support and condemnation. Well, everybody should be. Everybody should slow down on these things. I would agree. I think it'll take one more, but it's got to be soon. We got the the Covington, Kentucky kids. We got the Jussie Smollett. We need one more, I think, to drive home the point. Oh, we're we're about because to- every everybody. All the usual suspects completely forgot about Covington when they went to the Jesse Smollett thing. We haven't seen the media go crazy yet. There are rumors the Mueller report's coming out soon. Who knows whether that's true or not. But if it do- when that does, when that finally happens, when that finally hits the AG's office, the media is really going to embarrass itself. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. How much time do we have now, Michael? I can never remember when the... Uh... Oh, 45 seconds. <laughs> Well, how about this from Mike? Guys, just listen to your latest long-form interview. I know you've mentioned over the years it'd be nice to have a female presence on the show. If Laura Logan does end up never working again, can you please invite her to be a full-time part of the Armstrong and Getty show? Um, Well, you didn't listen to the whole interview, evidently, because, Mike, I made her a five-figure offer at the end of the show, at the end of the interview. She may have actually committed career suicide at least for a while she probably did but i making real money after i made that offer to her she laughed with delight and joy or derision <laughs> one of them uh, stay tuned all that coming up on marshall's news on the armstrong and getty show stock is down as the top college basketball player in America blew out his knee when his Nike shoe gave out during a game last night. Oh, boy. That's tough for Nike. So he's going to be the first pick in the NBA draft, right? Nike has a gazillion dollar deal with Duke basketball. The top player in the country, his foot goes clear through his shoe. He blew out the shoe like it was a tire. Oh, my God. The shoe just disintegrates. You know, that's a funny choice of words I was just going to bring up. Was it Goodyear that had that tire scandal in NASCAR? And it ruined the company. And uh, and he, he was injured first play of the game, left the game, didn't come back, they lost. Um, it's a big deal, especially if he's seriously hurt and they're doing it today. Wow. But Nike stock down. That's, t- that's a tough one. Puma put out a tweet immediately that wouldn't have happened in a Puma shoe. Wow. <laughs> nice. And also, Ooh, there's you that's, some, that's some 21st century blood sport business tweeting there. Right. And then yeah. also, a lot of people are making the argument and that's always in college sports of here's a guy forced to play in a Nike shoe. The college is getting tens of millions ah, of dollars for it. Right. He gets a, not a cent because he's a student athlete. Right. <laughs> the whole thing is just ridiculous. Wow. Anyway. Not the biggest story of the day, but really interesting on yeah. several levels. Yeah. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Empire actor Jesse Smollett is in custody after being accused of filing a false police report about being the victim of a racist and homophobic attack last month in Chicago. Smollett surrendered to police, uh, Chicago police, early today after being charged with felony disorderly conduct. 
Investigators have been looking into whether the openly gay African-American actor paid two brothers to stage the attack. A police spokesman saying this morning, the case hurt the city in many ways. It put a terrible look on Chicago. It was an intense investigation. It's a very meticulous case. It took a lot of city resources, and uh, he's going to be held accountable for that. Yeah, meanwhile, there were, I can't remember, during the weeks that they've been investigating this, there have been, you know, dozens of shootings, a number of murders, and they have like 14 detectives working on this case. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And uh, I've been following That's this story. That's an interesting angle I hadn't even thought of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as they've been investigating this hate crime, which is a hoax. But um, and, and the detectives knew it from the beginning. There have been leaks to the media from the police. Look, the minute we heard the story, we thought, wait a minute. And the minute we heard the story, we thought, wait a second now. That's that's crazy. It just it never had the ring of truth. Well, I've been following the story on Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR, and they are still in the... This case has just gotten more and more mysterious <laughs> and confusing. I saw similar... Now, the Nigerian brothers have been released, and Jesse Smollett has been arrested, and uh, Jim, I'm just so confused. What's happening here? The anchor asks the reporter. like, it's a hoax! How can you not get... Well, they do get this. They had the latest in the New York Times, and then underneath it, they, they usually do a follow-up, yeah. like a uh, background, and it had the twists and turns of the story. There are no twists and turns for me. First nope. time I heard it, I thought this is fake. Right. So there have been zero twists and turns for me. No twists and not a single <laughs> turn. Nor for the coppers. Only have there there have only been twists and turns for those who chose to see it through a certain lens. Who wanted it to be true, right? It, it's like all right. See, so okay. So you you got some homicidal lunatic right winger. Who are you going about to talk about that? The the uh, the Coast Guard officer dude who wanted to kill. Well, he wanted to kill everyone on Earth. Yeah, yeah. including uh, the Democrats and left leaning. I do have that coming up. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, there are no twists and turns. He's a homicidal lunatic with hate in his heart. All right? That's it. What? Uh, we're hearing that on the air there, Sean. Yeah. Yes, oh. as as Joe was saying, he is being called a domestic terrorist. A court hearing scheduled for today for Marine veteran and U.S. Coast Guard Lieutenant Christopher Paul Hassan, a self-identified white nationalist accused by federal prosecutors of planning attacks against fellow citizens. The court records indicate he has said, I am dreaming of a way to kill almost every last person on Earth. Authorities say they found a stockpile of guns, ammo, and drugs in his Maryland department. Charges that prosecutors are calling the proverbial tip of the iceberg. (laughs) How'd they catch this guy? How'd they catch this guy before he pulled this off? Thank God. Apparently, uh, apparently they had been uh, tracking him for a while, and he ha- he mailed a letter to himself with his uh, uh, stated goals about trying to kill everyone. He's obviously he, completely nuts. Yeah, he had assembled he had assembled plans for biological attacks for a number of different ways to attack people. He was going to take a whole bunch of stimulants because he wanted to make sure he could stay up for several days while he was killing everybody. Right, right. and steroids. He's been taking steroids right. for a while. Right, beefy. Yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to kill all the, uh, the cable news people and politicians he was right. talking about, then launch a chemical attack, then poison the food supply, yes. and he dreamed of killing everyone on Earth. That is a troubled son of a gun. Thank God he didn't yeah. kill yeah. anybody. Hey, uh, uh, tip of the cap, kudos to the federal authorities. Well done. Yep. 
Turns out jurors in the El Chapo trial may have disobeyed the judge's orders to avoid media coverage of the proceedings. So now the Mexican drug kingpin, who was convicted earlier this month on federal charges, now it looks like El Chapo could get a new trial. That's following a conversation with one juror that was published in Vice News. The unnamed person telling Vice at least five jurors looked at media coverage and Twitter feeds about the case. Learning about an allegation, Guzman drugged and raped underage girls that jurors were not supposed to know about. So his lawyers are already saying, well, this, if the jurors' claims are true, this makes it clear that Joaquin did not get a fair trial. That's interesting. When that story came out, we, we were wondering, how, how did that come out? Why did it come out now? Is this part of the trial? Right. What, what, what is this exactly? Yeah, that's, that is an interesting question. Uh, this is uh, Joe the novelist talking right now, yeah. not Joe the talk show host trying to figure out what actually happened. I'm just imagining this. They got to a juror. And said to him or her... Who got to a juror? Uh, uh, El Chapo's Guzman's people. people. Okay. El Chapo's people got to the juror and said, Look, if there's any chance of a hung jury or an acquittal, you go our way. You got it? If it's clear everybody else is going to... Uh, there's no way you can hang the jury, then what we need you to do is, after the trial, come out and say everybody was ignoring the judge's directions and looking at media. Um, and and that way we'll get a new trial. That's pretty good. I mean, if you're an effective defense defense attorney, that's fine. Plus, you make more money. Um, that's all they needed from a juror. Or this juror is telling the 100% God's honest truth. Right. I don't know. Samsung has unveiled a smartphone with a, fold, a foldable screen called the yeah, Galaxy flip phone. Fold. I've heard of it. It was big in the 90s. Wrong, Jack. Wrong. Oh, no, no. The innovative <laughs> new phone opens up like a book. It will open up like a book to a more than oh, seven-inch screen. So, oh, so it's I a don't... flip phone turned sideways? <laughs> it's a flip phone that you can kind of turn into a tablet. Yes. Like, you know, those yeah, smaller tablets that sure. you see? Mm-hmm. So it's a phone that can essentially become that if you wanted to. Mm. Right. And it comes That might be the answer to the, the, the bigger phone situation, right. right? The phones are getting so big, they're a little difficult to carry around. And the Galaxy Fold comes with a hefty price tag of around $2,000. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I got my wife a new phone the other day. Didn't even get the best one. Uh, not even close, actually. But it was almost $1,000 with tax. Yeah, I know. For a freaking phone. I broke I my mean, dang phone. I dropped it. Not only did oh. it break, it just did broke it. It still works fine, but I got to replace it. And I just, I'm sick to my stomach. Well, what it's what, gonna though, cost? We, I was sick to my stomach too when I paid for it and brought it home. But then the, you get that new phone experience because nothing works like a new iPhone. Ooh. It's just fantastic, yeah. right? Works right. the way they're supposed to work, and your battery stays powered up all day. <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. Oh, so much to talk about. We have excerpts from our blockbuster career-ending, perhaps uh, not ours, hers uh, interview with Laura Logan. I hope it doesn't end our careers. Catholic Church conference is going on. That's a big deal. We have the the domestic terrorists to talk about, all sorts of stuff. Oh You're, my gosh! Oh yeah, they? yeah. God dang it! I'm glad they caught that guy. That could have oh. been one of the. That could have been a Vegas type of thing. Well, it could have been very, very much like the uh, the crazed lefty who shot up the Republican uh, baseball practice. Yep. It could have been an absolute horror. We, I tell you what, we gotta quit with the calling people evil stuff yeah. and whipping up hatred race hatred partisan hatred we disagree that's not hatred quit hating stay with us you're listening to the armstrong and getty show armstrong and getty the conscience of the nation
fine podcasts are sold. Where do you find the Armstrong and Giddy podcast if it you want tunes. it? tunes. It tunes. It tunes, as I prefer to pronounce. Yeah, it's on iTunes. It's on the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe to the Armstrong and Getty podcast. You get the uh, the Armstrong and Getty Extra Large. You get the One More Thing, which has exploded in popularity. It's, you can only get it via podcast. It's never on the air. Um, and, and, and also just the regular show. But So we sat down and talked to Alara Logan um, most recently of 60 Minutes for an hour and a half yesterday. Something like that. She had done a podcast with some dude earlier in the week in which she uh, said some harsh things about the quality of modern media that got a fair amount of attention. Now, did, how did that fit in with the headlines yesterday that CBS and Laura Logan have parted ways? Uh, my understanding is they'd actually ended their relationship a couple of months ago, end of the year, but but it had not been disclosed. And, and CBS just wanted to make sure everybody knew that since she's out there bad-mouthing the media? That's the way I took it, but that's just the way I took it. I have no information about that. We're not playing you the whole hour and a half on the show today, but she does it various times. Really stand up for 60 Minutes. Um, which she was very, she says is the thing she's most proud of in her life, and how would you not be? I mean, it's, particularly the sixty minutes of the past. Yeah, she she also said that sometimes she watches sixty minutes and throws things at the television. She's so frustrated at some of the things that get on there, but right. But in general, she is very proud of it. Right. Uh, here is a sampling of the things that Lara had to say about the changes in journalistic ethics during her career. Uh, you'll you'll remember this one. How about cut number eleven, please? You know, what I love is I was attacked once for making one, um, one comment about something that I then went on to do a story. And people were like, oh, my God, this journalist is giving opinions. Well, if you give an opinion they like and they agree with, nobody cares. The fact that you're, in, <laughs> you're not on the air and you're in a, uh, you know, a private situation where people or public sit- room, for example, where people have come to a lunch and they're asking you your opinion, you're not allowed to give your opinion in that space from all these self-righteous journalists who are going out there saying, good God, well, I can't find a fact in the New York Times half the time today or in political reporting today. I mean, there are some people who are better than others. I don't want everyone out there who's a political reporter to hate me. You know, there's lots of good political reporters out there, but sometimes it's very hard to actually find a fact because so much of it is one anonymous official or person, source, after another, giving their opinion. I mean, the New York Times actually printed people sitting, supposedly sitting in meetings, you know, uh, with Mike Flynn when he was National Security Advisor, saying that he didn't know how the National Guard was supposed to be called up, and that he didn't, apparently didn't know that weapons sales have to be approved by Congress. Well, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard of anything more ridiculous in my life. What idiot thought that it was okay to print that? Because, first of all, the, the head, he was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and that's their job. He ran it. Right. So how the hell would he not know that weapon <laughs> sales have to be approved by Congress? His entire agency that was under his command for I don't know how many years, that's one of their sole missions, is being responsible for the weapons the United States produces from beginning to end. So that, that idea in itself is ludicrous. What it says to me is that the journalist knew nothing about how weapon sales are approved, knew nothing about the Defense Intelligence Agency, and apparently knew nothing about Mike Flynn. Neither did any of the editors at the New York Times who printed that stupid story. Oh, and then, by the way, we reproduced something not dissimilar to it at some place where I may have been working at the time, <laughs> even though I put out a thing internally to correct those misconceptions. It was ignored because someone chose what they wanted to be true. Oh, this guy's an idiot. He should never have had that job. That's what they were trying to say, right? 
Okay, now we're back to live radio. Let's unpack Woo! this. Let's and fuego! Let's unpack what she just said. All right. <laughs> and it needs to be made clear. She says it several times during our long conversation. I am not a right winger. I'm not a conservative. Don't call me a conservative. Not by any stretch I'm of the imagination. Right, I don't think yeah. she is. But she she is a person who her entire adult life has been in the on that track of journalism where you try to get to facts right. and you try to have sentences that are factually correct and not uh, leading people a direction. And every fact is rigorously checked to make sure it's a fact. Exactly. And. This should be a major deal that one of the top correspondents with 60 Minutes is calling out the New York Times that way. Right, right. It's just incredible. These these things are important. I know some of you hate these news organizations. You just, oh, they, they lie and they suck. We need to have... Some organization like 60 Minutes and, and the New York Times that exist and do the serious reporting at the highest levels and get it right. That has to exist That somewhere. will spend $150,000 on tracking a story for six months. Right. Right. And listen, and during other times in the interview, she names quite a few names of people who are good, solid, hardcore, traditional journalists. And and it's important. And, you know, frankly, I've given up, but she hasn't. And... Her point was that the good ones need support and the bad ones need to be either taught or shamed. She has not given up on journalism. She just thinks that it's swung too far toward the sensationalist uh, printing opinions and whispers you heard in the hallway thing, which used to be, you know, the the province of, of the worst sort of tabloids, but now is in the big newspapers. She thinks we need to teach young journalists, what journalism is, and hasn't given up on that idea. Jill Abramson, who ran the New York Times, says the young people there know the rules. They just feel that we're at such a crucial time with Trump being Hitler and all that it's time to ignore the rules. We need to bring this guy down. And she herself, who ran the New York Times, says, I read news stories that are full of opinion. Mm -hmm. Laura Logan saying the same thing. I read news stories I can't find a fact. That's really troubling. Yeah, yeah. The the problem is, and and I brought this up to her repeatedly, and we'll we'll play some of it for you in a couple of minutes. But um, that she sees the job very differently than the young people, the activisty people, and she responded to that as you might expect with vehemence and intelligence. Um, but if I am on a mission, I consider sacred. And somebody says, hey, you, you broke a few eggs over there while you were saving the world from the new Hitler. I'm saying, I'm not worried about that. I'm on a mission from God. Although most of these people are atheists. I'm on a mission <laughs> from intersectional diversity. And what I'm doing, you don't quibble with me. I'm saving the world. It'd be like criticizing the allies for, for uh, you know, uh, damaging some of the beautiful scenery in France when they retook it. That's the way modern journalists see that situation. And she says several times throughout the interview that if you know if your if your thing is you want to change the world, <laughs> your your ideology is what's guiding you. You need to become an activist, not a journalist. Stop you're calling the, yourself a journalist. You're in the wrong line of work. I think that might be the problem. How many people get into journalism because they want to uh, they want to fight you know right wingers? I use that example because that would be mostly the case. There's well, all the kinds vast, of vast majority. They, yeah. so there are all kinds of studies. So, eighty-five percent of people who are in, in journalism are 
are Democrats. Not not everybody who gets into journalism wants to you know fight one side or the other, but a lot of people clearly do. That's why they're there, which is interesting. Right. So more on that to come. First, a note from Al Nonamous. Yesterday, I was flying home to Cal Unicornia from Denver. Is that the uh, restaurant bar in the airport I look over to see? O.J. Simpson. In my head, all I could think of was David Schwimmer saying, it's like you're not the juice anymore. <laughs> Perhaps Mike, That's we could hilarious. find that for Al Nonamous. That's hilarious. It was weird because people kept coming up to him wanting to take a picture of him. Wow. What kind of society do we live in where you want a picture with a felon, most likely a murderer? Well, at that point, he yes. actually... <laughs> At that point, he accidentally knocked a beer in my lap, spilling it everywhere. He was so apologetic and nice, he insisted on buying my beer and my dinner. We talked juice, for twenty. Juice. We talked for twenty minutes about where I was from, golf courses we'd played, other than killing two people and committing we'd murdered and committing two armed robberies. He seemed like a really nice guy. It's like he's not really the juice anymore. Toward the end of our time <laughs> together, I told him, "You're still the juice, juice." <laughs> I had to for my my own amusement. I even asked for a picture with him. Juice. Oh, geez. And there's Al Nonamous in the Denver airport wow. with with O.J. Simpson. He'd been sitting there thinking, what kind of sick, sick society do we live in where people want to take pictures with this guy? And he ended up taking a picture with him. Juice, juice. You still are the juice. Juice. <laughs> he actually said that Hey, to Al. My respect. And that smiling picture. God, modern society is so crazy. There is no line between famous and infamous. No. There hasn't been for quite some time. Everything's a TV show. Right. You know who understands that? Donald Trump. Um, Wow. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's like he's not really the juice anymore.